Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all kinds of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in business and personal life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get the show started. On today's episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Scott DeLustio. Oh, I forgot to ask him for the last name <laughs> who wrote the book. <laughs> surviving son where he talks about his experience fighting as an infantryman in afghanistan and losing his brother in action while they both were overseas this book provides the reader with the details of what it was like to fight in combat and the emotional struggle that comes with losing a loved one and unexpectedly in combat he is also a podcast host where he shares inspirational stories of veterans to provide hope and healings to other veterans who listen to the show. I hold a special as part of my heart for military as I have military uh, family members. And so I want to thank you first for your service and say I'm so sorry for your loss. And now let's welcome you to the show and what is life with Scott? <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for, first off, for having me on the show and uh, for, um, you know, for your, uh, you know, gratitude towards, you know, my, my service and all the uh, the service members out there who uh, have, have sacrificed so much and, and served, you know, I, we, we all really appreciate the people like you out there who, um, you know, have that uh, positive uh, mentality going towards, uh, going out towards us. So, um, so thank you again for, for having me. Yeah, no, you're welcome. When I read your story, I was like, oh my God, yes, I can't wait to have this conversation with him because I have people that have served. And right now I have, I wish I could uh, know all her titles because she has like, she, she just got a promotion and it's, I wish I could know she's a sergeant or something like that. Like she's big and I wish I knew, but anyways, tell us about you. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, like you said, I, I served in Afghanistan in 2010. I joined the uh, the Army National Guard. Uh, I lived in Connecticut uh, at the time, and so I, I was in the Connecticut Army National Guard for about six years. Um, I joined after my brother Stephen uh, joined the National Guard. He uh, he's my younger brother, uh, but he he joined first. Uh, he started going to school up in Vermont at a school called Norwich University, which is like a military college. And they, there was a few people there who were already in the National Guard. Uh, he got to talking to them, got to learn a little bit about what it was like there and uh, decided to join as well. And so I got to learn a little bit about what it was like to be in the military through him. And when he went through all of that, um, I had this kind of renewed sense of patriotism and sense of duty and, and all of that. Um, you know, after 9-11, a lot of us had that kind of surge of, you know, patriotism, wanting to help protect the country and all that kind of stuff. And, and I was one of those people. Uh, I was in college at the time. I, I decided uh, I wasn't going to drop out of college and join the military. I figured I'd stay in and, uh, you know, uh, uh, finish my, my degree. And then if the military still needed people for, you know, whatever was going on, I would, you know, reconsider at that point. But after my brother joined, it kind of re renewed that 
uh, interest in the military that I had. And uh, about a year after he joined, uh, I, I started hearing reports in the news that the military was struggling to meet their recruiting numbers. And that to me just really angered me. And I said, where are all those people from, you know, after 9-11 who wanted to join the military and go, go fight and get some payback or whatever it was that they wanted, you know? And then I, I thought to myself, well, I was one of those people. I still haven't done anything about it. So I, I uh, said, well, I'm still young enough. I'm still fit and capable of joining the military. So why not me? And so uh, about a week later, two weeks later or so, I, I joined uh, or went to a recruiter's office, signed all the paperwork and did all the stuff that I needed to do. And, um, and then, you know, went shipped off to basic training a, a little while later. And, and the rest is, you know, kind of history. But um, but yeah, eventually uh, got deployed to Afghanistan in 2010. Um, my brother and I were both infantrymen. Um, and for people who are unfamiliar with what that is and, uh, you know, what we do, that, that's basically the, the frontline fighting, the, the people who are the boots on the ground, if you will, the, the people who are going door to door and, you know, looking for the bad guys and, and that type of stuff. So, so we were, um, you know, basically the, the trained for that type of, uh, mission. Um, tragically, like you, you mentioned, my, my brother was killed in action while we were both over in Afghanistan. Um, and that was uh easily by far the the worst day of my life um i was myself i was out on a mission when i got notified that he was killed and so i was out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of some random afghan village um thousands of miles away from home and all my loved ones fortunately i had you know the guys that i served with who were there who were there to support me and, and help me out get through that um but unfortunately about 15 minutes after finding out that my brother was killed, um, we started taking fire from the village that we just came out of. Um, and so I had to figure out a way to stuff down the, the grief and the sadness and the all the emotions that were going through me at that point. I had to stuff all that stuff down and figure out how am I going to survive this firefight that I'm, I'm now in. Um, not only did I have to survive, but I was also uh, a squad leader at the time. And I I had about uh, 10 or so soldiers that I was responsible for as well. And so I needed to make sure not only did I survive, but also that they all survived. Um, and I, I had to provide them with the leadership that they needed. And so really, I had to just take all of that stuff, box it up and stuff it down deep inside of me and kind of almost forget about the fact that my brother died. Um, and, and that's like an incredibly hard thing to do. Just, you know, not even not even 20 minutes after finding out that he was killed. Um, you have to just kind of stuff it all down and, and put it away. And, um, you know, for soldiers who've been in combat, who've experienced losses uh, while in combat, they um, have described similar experiences where, you know, their, their friend has been killed, you know, maybe next to them or near them or whatever, but they're still actively being shot at and stuff. And they, they can't s s just sit there and be sad. Um, they have to continue to fight and they have to figure out how they're going to get their head back in the game. And, and it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Um, especially when you come back home, um, you, you have to figure out how to unbox that stuff, all those emotions that you stuff down and figure out how to process them and deal with them in a healthy way. And a lot of times we don't want to do that because there's sadness in there and who wants to be sad and there's anger and there's, all these other things that are 
stuffed into into that box and who wants to deal with any of that stuff right like it it would be much better life would be much better if we just kind of took all the sadness and the anger and the you know everything else and just kind of shoved it aside and but but that's not reality you know we we can't just do that so um you know we had um you know when i got back um i, I actually came back home I, I was in the united states less than 48 hours uh from the time that I found out that my brother was killed, um, which is like warp speed when they, you're talking about military travel. Like that was super fast, uh, but they kind of expedited some of my travel just because of the circumstances that, that I was under. Um, I, I was able to actually escort my brother's uh, body out of Afghanistan to Kuwait. Um, and then, you know, from there, I, I was able to make it home, um, you know, sometime, you know, in the next... 12 hours or so. Um, and so it was, it was a super fast turnaround, uh, as far as how, how quickly I got home, um, which seems like it would be a nice thing. You know, I'm home with family and loved ones and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also gave me like pretty much no downtime to process what had just gone on. Anything from the loss of my brother to the, um, uh, to the firefight that I had just been in and, you know, all of that, uh, that other stuff, it, it's just like, you need time to process that. And, and maybe even just being with some of the guys that you're with who went through that stuff together, you need to have some of that time. And and I think about, you know, the people who came back from like World War One, World War Two, coming back from Europe or the Pacific, um, a lot of them came back on these, uh, you know, big boats that took, you know, a week or more to come across the ocean. Uh, and so, as they're coming across the ocean, they're sitting there reminiscing with the people that they had just served with and talking about, you know, their experiences. And, and they had some time, a little bit of downtime to process things in, in a place that was relatively safe, um, that they weren't, you know, being shot at at that point or, or anything like that. Um, and so like, that was probably a better way to come home than the way I, I came home. But, um, you know, I unfortunately wasn't afforded that, that luxury. Um, wow and how does your mission start to tell your story hmm. and to help others yeah so you know uh, a few years after coming back home um you know i had been you know in and out of different therapies and stuff because i, I realized i was i was struggling i was just not doing well myself um uh, i wasn't the person that i wanted to be things were not going very well um and some of the people that I had served with, um, they came back home, they survived combat, they survived being in a place where there were people who wanted them dead. They survived that. And they came home and they started taking their lives, their own lives. And to me, I was like, obviously, one of those, those events happening is too many. Um, but when those numbers started ticking up and there's more and more people that I, I knew who were taking their lives, I said, I can't just sit around waiting for another phone call or another text message or something's telling me that another person that I knew had taken their life. And, and at that point, I think the, um, the veteran uh, suicide uh, numbers started to become a little bit more well-known, um, the, the 22 veterans a day. Um, uh, that that take their own lives, it started becoming more well known, and it, it started to become more apparent to me that this was more of a widespread thing throughout the military community than just 
me with the mental health issues that I had coming back home and uh, the people that I served with who were taking their lives. Um, it was widespread throughout the entire military community. And so I said, you know, I want to reach as many people as possible. I, I want to make it low barrier of entry for them to to get access to positive, uplifting, hopeful kind of uh, inspiration. Um, and I, I wanted to do that in a way that that was easy for them to get access to. So I said, well, a podcast is is free as far as the listener is concerned. Um, all they really need is an internet connection of some sort. It could be their cell phone or their computer or whatever. They can listen to it. Um, and I want to make that content available to them so that they can find the hope and inspiration to continue living another day. Um, and so uh, I started the podcast not knowing the first thing about what to do with a podcast. I didn't have a clue what equipment I would need, how to, you know, host the audio files or, you know, finding guests or anything like that. As a matter of fact, the first few episodes I recorded, uh, the only two people in the world who knew I was doing a podcast were my wife and me, um, because I was like, this is probably going to crash and fail. It's going to be totally miserable and awful. Uh, I don't want to go telling anyone about it and then having them all be like, oh my gosh, this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. Um, but they turned out to be not that that bad. Um, and eventually I, I was like, okay, well, I can start telling people about this now because I, I got got a few episodes under my belt and and I can uh, you know let people know about it. Hopefully they'll they'll start listening to it. Um, and I started getting some guests on the show and um, you know it, it's taken taken off from there. Um, the show again is uh, the Drive On podcast. Um, it's been going on for a little over four years now. Um, and really the, the goal of the show is to talk to other, uh, military veterans or military spouses, family members, um, to share experiences that they've gone through, um, tough times, difficult situations, certain obstacles that they've had to overcome and share what happened to them and how did they overcome these obstacles? What did they do? What, what tips and advice do they have for, you know, like any situation that you've been through that, that might've been difficult. Um, you can always look back at it and say, Oh, it would have been a whole lot better if I did it this way, or if I changed this instead of doing that, um, it would have been a whole lot better. We'll share that type of stuff with other people who might be at that ground floor, not knowing what's ahead of them. And so with the, the podcast, um, you know, we talk to people like that who have gone through hell and back and they, they came back, um, you know, through the other side and, and they've, they've come out stronger for whatever it was that they've gone through. Um, and, and so when other people are out there listening to the show, um, they might feel like they, they're all alone. Nobody else understands what I'm going through. No one else has done this or been there before. Well, it's not true. There's plenty of people who've gone through many different difficult situations and so when we share those stories, it gives some hope to those people be like, oh, you know what, if this guy can make it through, or if this gal can make it through, um, maybe I can make it through too. Uh, maybe I just need, you know, to kind of readjust my mindset and, and get through whatever uh, obstacles I'm going through. Um, the other thing I like to do with the show too, is, is share, um, uh, share different resources that are available to veterans that may not be all that well known. Um, a lot of veterans know about the VA and the services that they have to offer, whether it's mental health counseling or you know other uh, count, uh, different types of treatments that they offer through the the VA. Um, those are fairly well known, but um, even some of those those things are a bit of a mystery to some veterans, like what actually is being offered. Um, 
so we shed light on the, on that type of stuff, but also other organizations like nonprofits and and other groups that offer services dedicated to veterans to help them with anything from mental health to financial counseling to careers and educational resources and uh, you know all sorts of things like that uh, that we talk about too. Because while you may a veteran may have gone through the VA and said, "Hey, there's nothing for me here." They're, they're not helping me. They're not providing the resources that I need. Um, I, I've got no place off left to turn. Uh, well, that's not true. There's plenty of places that you can turn. There's plenty of different things that you can do. And um, uh, other people that are out there who want to help, um, it's just you may not know where to go. You may not know that these places exist. So I try to shed light on those uh, types of organizations as well, because, um, you know, the there's so much out there. And um, I think for anyone who might be struggling with anything, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a, a physical uh, disability, a mental health issue, um, you know, their finances, or they're stuck in a dead end career, or whatever the case may be, there are people out there who want to help. Um, and we just need to get the information to them, uh, to the people who need the help, I should say, uh, so that they can find the those those resources and and get the help that they need to move on and live a happy and and prosperous life. Um, throughout this whole experience, I also uh, you mentioned my uh, the book that I wrote, um, Surviving Son, uh, which is my story of my time in Afghanistan, um, serving um, uh, over there and and losing my brother. Kind of the, the story that I I just described, um, but it's it's about it's about our our background our family's background um g- giving people a little bit of a sense of who we were before going overseas um it's um you know a, a tragedy i think when you know older veterans like a you know world war ii or vietnam uh, veteran or korean war uh when they pass away and they've never told their story to anyone what they've experienced um and they've they just kept that bottled up inside all these years and they they never let anybody know what they experienced. Um, how can we learn from history if we don't know what actually happened, mm-hmm. uh, right? And so so that's you know part of the reason why I wanted to write this book too. It's it's the Afghanistan war from one soldier's perspective, um, my point of view, what happened to me and and the people that I served with. Um, you know, somebody else who served right alongside of me could write their own story, and it could be completely different from mine. Mm. Um, and I think it. It does everyone a disservice when we don't share our stories. And so that's why I appreciate opportunities like this to come on uh, your show to to share my story with your audience and the people that that follow you, because that's just one more avenue to get the, the message out there. And I think when when we have future conflicts, because let's face it, you know, America is a nation that seems to get into conflicts all the time, uh, when we eventually go into some other conflict, um, I want people to really stop and think, you know, is this worth whatever the cost is going to be? You know, whether it's a financial cost, whether it's a cost of lives that are lost or lives that are changed through, um, you know, physical injuries, you know, amputations and uh, traumatic brain injuries and other things along those lines or, or mental injuries, you know, the, the PTSD side of things, you know, is, is it worth the cost of all of this? In some cases, the answer is going to be yes. Um, because there's just some things that are worth fighting for and you need to to have 
that kind of strength and that kind of kind of backbone in your country. Um, but in some cases, the answer is going to be no. Um, you know, we we need to look at that and say, you know, is it is it actually worth all this death? Is it worth all this these billions of dollars and in, in resources and and everything else? And um, you know, I th- I think telling our stories like this um, will help to shed some light on that. Yeah, and how did you do it? Like how you have this great personality because I can feel it, you know, just talking to you two minutes before the podcast interview and how do you keep your mental health? How do you take care of your mental health? Well, I, I've always, I, I can't say I've always done this, but I, I started to look at mental health as a, Um, kind of an ongoing continuous process um, versus like your physical health. Like if you broke a bone, like you break your arm, uh, you go to the doctor, you get the x-rays that confirm, yeah, it's broken. They put the cast on, you know, for uh, however long it needs to be on. Um, After that, they take the cast off. Your your arm's pretty much good to go at that point. Maybe you need to do a follow-up, you know, a week or two later or something like that. But generally you're not going back to the doctor on an annual basis to check up on your arm. Like it's, it's good. It's done. It's healed. Uh, you don't need to continue to uh, look after it, um, you know, going forward. Um, whereas your mental health is a little bit different uh, in that you you do sort of need to look up uh, or continue to look after your mental health because um, things happen all the time. Every day, hour by hour, things are happening to you that can affect you mentally. And it could be something as simple as a smell that just brings back a memory from years ago or, uh, you know, a sound or a taste or something like that, that just brings back a memory and those bad memories, uh, you know, they, they could be good memories, but when they're bad memories, it could send you into a dark place and it could make you just really not, uh, not feel like you're, you're in a, a very good place. So, when, when these types of things happen, you need to recognize that they're happening and do something about it, not just do like what I did and stuff those negative emotions down and, and just try to forget about them or, uh, you know, try to drink, drink yourself away from, you know, like numbing the pain of whatever those painful memories are, or, you know, using drugs or anything like that. Like that's, that's not going to help because uh, at the end of the day, you're going to sober up and those memories are still going to be there. Um, th- those those negative things are still going to be there and you need to deal with them in a healthy way. And so going and talking to someone, a, a therapist, a psychologist, counselor, whatever you want to call it, they, those those people are there to help you get through these bad times. Um, you know, it's not like you need to go for every little bad thing that happens to you, but sometimes you just need some help to get over those humps. And so, um, you know, the way I look at it now is, is like my mental health uh, counseling and and things like that. Well, I may take breaks from time to time because sometimes it's it's intense and it's not easy to go through. And I, I might need to take a few months off and not go to any sort of therapy or counseling uh, for for a period of time. Uh, I'm in that stage right now where I'm just kind of taking a break. Um, but in a few months, I I may you know resume and pick up you know some other forms of of therapy that that might be beneficial to me uh based on you know the stuff that I've gone through and and where where I am in life um and and I just encourage everybody to um look at mental health not as 
the way we used to look at it back in like you know the the 90s 80s you know even even earlier is like if someone's going to see a, a psychologist it's like oh that person's just crazy and you know stay away from that person you know they don't look at it that way it, look at it like you would when you go to your your annual checkup at a doctor you know it's you're just going to get a checkup you're just going to make sure everything's still on track uh, make sure that things that you didn't really think are a problem because you've just been dealing with it and living with it um make sure that those things don't pop back up and become bigger issues you know, like you, you go to the, the doctor, um, you know, you have this, this new little lump that, that kind of showed up on your skin or something. Um, you don't want to just ignore it. You're going to go to the doctor and say like, Hey, let's do some testing. Let's figure out like, is this something I should be concerned about? Um, and like that, no one would, would call you crazy or anything for, for doing that type of thing. It's, it's like, that's just a perfectly natural, normal thing that, that someone mm -hmm. should do. Like you have this, this potential issue, like go get it checked out. And if your your mental health is starting to slip and you're starting to have these negative thoughts, uh, thoughts of hurting yourself or others, or um, you know thoughts of um, you know all these bad memories that you've had from from years and years ago, uh, like go talk to someone about it. Like it, it, that's something that's popped up, and you need to go address it. Don't, don't just let it sit there thinking, oh yeah, it'll get better. I just need to you know get some more sleep or something like maybe that's true but maybe you also need to talk to someone and, and help work work your way through it um and so you know that's kind of the the view that i've had on on mental health for the last few years um is is that you know while you know a lot of times especially guys we we don't want to go talking about our emotions or our feelings or any of that kind of stuff um and i was the same way when i first got back from Afghanistan, I lied through my teeth when I went to all the mandatory uh, screenings for for mental health. I, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm sleeping great. You know, everything's good. Not having any nightmares. Not having any, uh, you know, flashback kind of memories or anything like that. I, you know, everything's good." Because I just didn't want to talk about it. Uh, I wanted to get get through the the screening, check the box that I went, and get back to my family. Um, but that was the wrong thing to do. Uh, looking back on it now, I needed the help, and that's why they were there. They were there to help. Um, I just wish I took advantage of that help earlier so that I, I didn't have, you know, some of the issues that I ended up with. Yeah, when it comes to mental health, like, that's my jam, just because I deal with seven of them. So it's like, <laughs> I didn't need to have them all. But hey, I got most of them right yeah, here. Right. And I just want to share uh, with people, you know, so they can find tools and resources to help them out as well and I love bringing in male to have the male perspective and that they need to take care of their mental health too yeah yeah I mean we all do um you know male female uh, doesn't matter but I think women tend to talk more about yeah, their feelings and their emotions it's just just the, you know kind of the way they they're wired there's nothing wrong about that um guys just tend to not want to talk about their their feelings and maybe i don't know they see it as a sign of weakness or or anything whatever the case may be um like if something's wrong like go take care of it you know your if your car is making a funny noise as you're driving down the highway like you're gonna go bring it to a mechanic so they can take a look at it and, and fix it you know if you don't know how to fix it yourself you're gonna go bring it to someone and, and get it fixed no one's gonna look at you like you're crazy because you took your car to a mechanic um, unless you yep. happen to also be a mechanic yourself and you're like, well, why did you do that? Why didn't you just fix it yourself? But, you know, not, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not a mental health professional. Um, and a lot of people who are struggling with mental health issues are not mental health professionals. And even mm -hmm. if they are, they may need to, to just go talk to somebody else to go 
you know, just bounce some ideas off of them or, or you know, because sometimes you're too close to the issue um, yourself yeah. and you might need that third party perspective to, you know, just shine some light on, on something or give a different point of view, a different perspective on whatever it is you're going through. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like just talking to people can be uh, therapeutic, you know, having this conversation right now, uh, you know, between you and me could be therapeutic, right? Mm-hmm. It, it d- doesn't matter, um, you know, the the outcome of, of the situation. Sometimes it's just having someone there to listen to your side of the story, uh, just to get stuff off your chest. That could be therapeutic too. And and so having someone there, uh, you know, in a confidential space, um, you know, where you don't have to worry about people, you know, judging you or questioning your your motives or intentions or anything like that. So you have a, a nice, comfortable place to just let it all out. Um, and that, that is a great thing to have. I love that. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there anything else that you would like my listeners to know about you or your mission? You know, uh, as far as um, me and my mission go, um, I think, it, you know, for people who are interested, who either are uh connected to the military, they are service members or veterans or, or even, you know, family members of, of any of them. Um, check out my show, uh, drive on podcast. Uh, you can go to drive on podcast.com to check out that show. Um, and for anyone who is interested in, uh, getting a copy of my book, uh, surviving son, um, you can go to Amazon and just search for surviving son. You should be able to find it there. Um, but the, the book, um, I think really helps, uh, get the message out there of, um, you know, what it's like to be in combat. Um, you know, I go into some, some specific details of, you know, things that happened while, uh, while people were in combat and, um, you know, that opens up people's eyes, you know, whether you've served or not, um, it's good to know some of this stuff because there's so many people these days who, who don't know anybody who served in the military. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, you know, good to have those, um, those experiences so that you're aware of what happens when we actually do send our men and women overseas to go fight in these wars. And so that's, that's why I I want people to get a copy of that book and, and know uh, not only what happens during the war, but also what happens afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. That is brave and it's needed because once again, not a lot of people talk about uh, things like that. So I appreciate it. And I am glad to you know to have you here and have this conversation with you well and thank you again for allowing me to come on your show and share my story with with you and your audience and i forgot to say at the beginning this conversation was thanks to pipe match an amazing community for podcasters as a host and as a guest to share the story and make uh, amazing collaborations like this one. They also have tools and resources to help this podcasting world go a little bit easier. <laughs> so, but uh, thank you so much for coming on my show. And thanks again for having me. All right. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. You can find my show in all major podcast platforms as well as my YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this kind of content, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube or follow on your favorite podcast app of choice and leave a review that will help others find the show. (laughs) It's sure appreciated. Hope you have a blessed day. Bye bye.